This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we are hearing from Anna. She's been on maternity leave, although you may have seen on the Facebook page some of her reflections from the neonatal care unit. And uh, she, uh, while on maternity leave, was just thinking and praying about you guys and decided to uh, send in some of her thoughts. And so we're going to kick off today's podcast by um, listening to some of her reflections on Parenting for Faith um, from maternity leave. Uh, we're going to answer a question <laughs> that sometimes pops up. What if my kids try to manipulate what they're connecting with God about for their own use? How do we disciple that? Uh, we're going to answer that question. And I had a great interview with Ben Jones from Missional Generation all about video games and parenting for faith. And particularly at the beginning, he was talking about this new free resource, New Wine is coming out within the summer. But then he then goes on to share lots of really interesting insights about how we can come alongside gaming in our kids' life and talk about it spiritually. So that's what we're doing today. So first, let's hear from Anna. Hey there, it's Anna from the team from the distant land of maternity leave. Uh, And I've just spent a very long time, an hour and 42 minutes, according to my phone, trying to persuade a tiny human to go to sleep. Uh, That's what I spend a lot of my time doing at the moment. I know many of you will be doing that right now or have had a stage in your life where you spent a lot of time doing that. So uh, solidarity to you. But while I was sitting there in the dark, I felt like God wanted to do a little bit of unwinding with me. Now, unwinding is one of the key tools here at Parenting for Faith. And what we mean by that is just getting to know God a little bit better and spotting where there's been a bit of a muddle, where we've thought something about him or learned something about him that's not quite right. Or there's more of his character and his promises and his truth that he wants to teach us. And the verse that he popped into my head was a bit from Zephaniah 3.17, where it says he will quiet you with his love. People often said that as kind of a comforting thing. But I think as a as an imperfect parent, I try and quiet my children a lot. And it's not really a positive thing. I do a lot of saying, uh, you know, shush, 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 pipe down. I've had enough of the moaning or the whinging or the screaming or the complaining or the asking for snacks, whatever it is. And we can in our in our human weakness, we can as parents just want our children to be quiet. And I guess that was the image that came to mind. But as I was holding my baby and uh, this kid, all my kids being very different, this one as part of going to sleep really has a bit of a shout and a bit of a cry. And uh, I found that a bit disconcerting at first, but I've learned and just as you do with your own children, you become an expert in your own child, that that's just part of her way of blowing off steam and um, getting ready for a nap. And as a parent, I, yes, I would love her to be quiet and go to sleep. But more than that, I understand that that is part of the process and her expressing how she's feeling. It is a horrible, horrible feeling to feel really tired but not able to go to sleep. I'm sure all of, all of us have felt like that and it's just really nasty. It's not, it's not very nice. And she's expressing that she doesn't like that and it doesn't feel very good. Um, and I just sit and hold her. And what I want her to know is that she's safe, 
that she's not alone, that she's loved. And I can, you know, I can try various things, rocking and shushing and all that kind of thing. And honestly, it doesn't seem to make any difference. I feel like my role is just to be there, to listen to what she's telling me and to say I understand. And of course, she has other cries. She has cries, which means she's hungry or overstimulated or hot or cold or has a dirty nappy and all of those. I feel like as her parent, my role is to say, hey, it's okay. I understand what you need and I'm here. Or I don't understand, but I'm just going to be with you. And by the way, you can ask God. It's not cheating to say, God, I have no idea what is wrong with this kid, whether they're two or 22 or 12, (laughs) somewhere in between. Say, God, I don't know what's going on with my kid, but you do. You made them. Give me some clues. Help me out here. You're the perfect parent. But yeah, sorry, back to what I was saying was just that I just want her to know that she's safe and that she's, yeah, loved and that she's not alone. And I really feel like the same is true for us and God. God wants us to know that he's there, whatever. We don't have to put on a front. We don't have to say it's all okay when it's not. We don't have to process and think how we should be feeling and then tell him. We can just say it like it is. We can cry, we can rant, we can vent. And when we're doing that, we can create a window and show our children that it's okay to do that with God. So you, may, you might not feel comfortable doing that in front of them, but you could tell them about it afterwards. Say, hey, I was really upset about this thing that happened yesterday. And I just showed God with my face how cross I was feeling. Or I um, wrote in my journal or on a bit of paper what was going on, made some notes in my phone or just had a little cry. And I just felt like God was with me. And I know from scripture that he promises to be with me and to not be alone. And it talks about the Holy Spirit giving words when we don't have words. And I always find that so comforting that God is there. I remember um, going to some kind of class at a children's centre, I think. And they asked you to imagine that you had had a really rough time for whatever reason. You weren't feeling very happy. And you went to a friend's house and started crying. And the friend said, no, 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 don't cry. Don't cry. Don't like you crying. I just want you to be quiet. Don't, you know, stop, stop that. How would that make you feel? What you want is someone to listen to you, someone to give you a hug and someone to let you express that and get it off your chest. And the same is true of babies and of small children. And it's also true of us and God. God is a safe place where we can be real, where we can share and say and show what we're feeling. Um, So yeah, that was just my little thought for today, just to be brave and don't feel like you have to mask or change your emotion, but just be totally real, be yourself with God and then create a window into that so your children have the opportunity to do that as well. The question for today is uh, from the Facebook Live uh, Parenting for Faith course that I ran, and it was <laughs> it's a good question, and we get varying versions of this, and so uh, I thought we'd uh, jump on this one. Uh, the question is, my son is using God as his backup in an argument with his sister. He says, you know, God said to me this. And so what do I do with that? Uh, he can also say, you know, sometimes uh, when kids get challenged on it, they go, oh, I'm just using my imagination. And, and how do you help our kids know what's real communication from God and not? And 
how do you help disciple them when they sort of make up things to be used against other people? Uh, how do we just disciple that whole process? Uh, and so I answered it in the Facebook Live, so we're just going to go to that. But this is a, a quite a, I don't want to say a common one. It's not unusual. And uh, so we thought we'd address it. So there's a couple of things. I love that that's happening. Almost every child goes through that at some point because uh, I don't know if they've tried the God says I can have three biscuits thing too. Sometimes that pops up as well. Uh, and there's, they, they get that because they think, oh, if I can get God to say it, then it's fantastic. And what we then model is how we handle God's voice in our life. That God's voice is never to bully other people with or to convince that we're right. It's about our connection with God and him transforming our hearts. And so feel free to chat to God about stuff. Feel free to ask him questions, uh, but it's never to use an argument. And so if, if you feel like you're saying, hey, this is what God is saying, and I want to tell you about it, then that's not, that's not how we use our relationship with God. It's about, it's about what's going on inside of us. And it's about yeah. that if you, if you write it down. And so if it's causing an argument, that's not the fruit of God's voice. God's voice is to speak truth to us and to transform our hearts and to help us see him in a different way. And so chat to him about all the stuff you love. And, you know, God is a God of creativity. I, who am I to say whether or not God talks to kids all the time about the stuff that they like and sort of that they can connect about those things. But it's how we use our relationship with God that's really important. To use, to use our connection with God to squish somebody else is not something that we do. And so when you're in God thing is a you and God thing, go write it down. Feel free to chat to God about it, but it's not to win an argument. And that's the that's the discipleship process. Does that make sense? He, he is. He's five. He's he's not at the point of going right down. But um, he's. I think also for him, he's. Well, I'm just using my imagination. And actually, I thought that was kind of interesting. How you, but you know, is they're learning to catch from God. You know. And and my kids are so dramatic and imaginative, and you know, it's 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 hard, isn't it, getting that balance of absolutely you dampener on. Absolutely. And I think that can be hard because they're they're young. And so we get afraid. You know, I know some parents who are worried that, you know, that their kid had an imaginary friend and now all of a sudden they have Jesus. And is, it, is Jesus just another imaginary friend? And I think we're dealing with an unformed brain that's coming. My deep belief is that God speaks in the midst of that. He doesn't wait till we have adult brains to communicate with us. And so it is going to look imperfect and it's going to be slightly uncomfortable sometimes. And, and in that, and so sometimes what I've encouraged parents to do when you have a, a kid who loves chatting to God and is still learning that catching thing is to say, you know, like Mary in Bible treasured everything in her heart and talked about it. And so we can lay in bed and go, oh, what's God been chatting to you about recently? And oh, that's really interesting. And to, to process that when they say, I'm just using my imagination. Well, that is your imagination is the, the, the where God speaks and that still small voice and the pictures that pop in your head. And it's hard to tell what's imagination that I bring to it and where God is chatting into it, which is why we write it down and why we weigh it up and we go interesting. And so um, sometimes what we've done with five-year-olds is to, to make a little journal that he can't write down, but you can write down on it. And so we say, now you chat to God. And when you feel like this is something really important to remember that God said to me, then let's have a chat about it and let's write it down in our in the book of the things that we want to put our feet on. And then we can learn that discernment process while they're still chatting to God about the things that are in their hearts um, and how that works. And kids will know. I, I've worked with a lot of kids. They know when they're using their imaginations and when God interrupts them with something that's powerful and important. And that's mm -hmm. that's the discernment process. And sometimes by giving an action 
then they can tell the difference between what, what they know they're making up and what is a moment that they have asked God a genuine question that God genuinely answers. And you treat it as such as you weigh it and find scripture and go, oh, I can see in scripture where that ties in. And how does that make you feel about God? And that's important to write down those moments that you and God connected. Um, and the, the kids are actually better at it than we think. Yeah. Thank you. That's helpful. No Thank problem. You. Welcome to the wild card section of the podcast. This is when we talk about whatever is interesting to me. And uh, today we're talking about video games and computers and all sorts of stuff and how that ties into faith and how we as parents can help that at home. I am here with my friend, Ben Jones. Ben, can you introduce yourself? Tell us about you. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm the founding director of Missional Generation. I'm a father of two and I'm married to Hannah and I've got two kids of I. Chris and Lizzie. And I'm really excited about the idea of gaming because I think it opens up deep conversations with young people. So it's great to hang out with you guys. And thank you, Rachel, for letting me uh, share my little worlds of wisdom. <laughs> well, as we were, we were just talking about what you're doing for New Wine, because I think sometimes when we say video games, then we instantly go to what are the video games my kids can play? And it becomes something small, but you've been developing something for new wine. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but you got me excited about it. So I want to hear about this. Um, in taking something that is video game like in gaming and turning it into pretty much a, a spiritual experience, a way of exploring mm. scripture. Can you tell us briefly sort of what you're creating for new wine? Yeah, so obviously last year and obviously this summer, uh, New Wine had to do the bold decision to move online. And uh, and the idea was is that we wanted to support them into creating something that can be around the home at a time in the day where they can explore, where parents and children and teenagers and their younger sisters and brothers can explore something of a narrative of a story in a digital experience. And, uh, and so we're creating the children's ministry app for the new wine it's called the little family ar and it is augmented reality but don't worry if your phone doesn't have augmented reality because we've built into the infrastructure the phone will recognize whether you've got an ar phone or a non-ar phone and you can play the games in normal style or if it is ar you can physically walk around the story of moses you can physically see the burning bush you can physically see all the plagues that are going on around you and you can explore the narrative of what it means for for God to call Moses to bring young uh, the, the Israelites out of exile into the land promised. And we're actually creating these over five days. There's six games over five days, and it's falling in line with the new wine experience. And we're really excited about how this will open up the story of Moses because you can walk where Moses walked. It's so, it's so, it's hard for me to imagine. And uh, Ben was showing me some screenshots and they're absolutely beautiful. Uh, and I'm intrigued by, of all the things that you could do online, it's so easy to just go, oh, we'll make videos to watch with your kids. Why did you feel it's important to make a gaming experience? Like what, what does that spiritually offer families and children that is different than just a straight up video to watch? Yeah, so um, the, the, to the traditional way is to use a video and you switch off, you watch this video and then you have the conversations. But actually what we've got right now is a generation, both children and young people who are immersed in screens. And what we want to do is bring the story alive. So we're utilizing the screens and enabling them to uh, explore and navigate and interact 
with information. Uh, Gen Z and Alpha Gen, they're the ones below Gen Z, they want to have a digital playing field to play around in. They want to have the freedom to navigate and explore and come to their own conclusion of information. And so why can't we create that space using the smartphones, uh, enabling that immersive experience, because not everyone has got the latest uh, Oculus Quest or equivalent or virtual reality. They, they, they're thousands of, lots of money. A smart device can do this as well. And so we're encouraging churches to utilize screen to open up conversation that leads to transformation. Because we believe as you have a conversation with a young person that goes through the narrative of what they've explored, recognizing the experience that they've just gone through and knowing what the emotions have come up and how looking at what do those emotions mean what does that information mean and lends it really well to helping young persons come to a holistic understanding of what the word of god is trying to say how do you get access to this new wine stuff is it free is doing is that part of a subscription thing how do you get access yeah, it's completely free. Uh, New Wine is obviously going online at the end of July, beginning of August. And uh, if you go to their website, uh, you can also explore the kids stuff uh, as well. And in there, there is a whole load of stuff about what's happening both online through the kids stream stuff, but also in uh, in tandem with the kids stream is the, is the mobile phone app. Because what we found is there's a lot of churches still doing online stuff. There's a lot of churches trying to meet up in person, but there isn't something that's a bridge between the two. And what we're seeing is the app is providing a bridge between the two from the hybrid option, which is online and offline. And it means that no young person, no child is being left out from an experience, whether they're physically at the church or whether logging online, they all have the common place of experience, which is the smartphone, because they all have access to a smartphone. So not one child is going to be missing out on this experience. New Wine's done brilliant. The team has done awesome. And we're just adding a little bit of digital flavor. That sounds really like, exciting. Well, like the digital pixies. If you Excellent. Excellent. I think you should rebrand <laughs> to just being the digital pixies. I think there's, there's a whole merch around that that I think would be excellent. That's great. <laughs> After this sort of experience, you know, it sounds amazing, but it's, you know, one story of scripture. But our kids are involved in so much gaming and so much online. And I think parents often have a wariness about it um, in terms of, of engagement online. And a, a parenting for faith, we try to not get sucked into all types of parenting, but we really try to hone in on the spiritual parenting. And we were mm. at a conference together and you were talking about sort of the spiritual opportunities that gaming provides. And mm. I was just intrigued. Could you talk a little bit about it, uh, about you know how yeah. we as parents can facilitate this and take the gaming that they're already doing and, and introduce conversations? Teach me about this. The Royal College of Psychiatrists has said there's some there's some statistics and some stats that three to four year olds spend on average six hours of online gaming, five to seven year olds spend average of seven point five hours, eight to eleven spend ten hours, and then twelve to fifteen year olds spend twelve hours or more. This was before COVID took place. Is that so, a, it, per week? Per week, thank you. Yeah, per week, and that's a huge amount of hours consuming in that environment. And the, there's two questions here to ask is, are those hours for the children and young people playing in isolation? And if they are, we don't know what they're engaging with, who they're engaging with, how they're interacting with people. What's the other side of the information that we're not hearing because it's not coming out of our son and daughter's mouth. And the other question is, what are the opportunities for us to use gamification to lead to conversation? 
And, um, and so as a charity, we tapped into the idea of using augmented reality and virtual reality before COVID took place. And we would be using um, um, gaming consults from the smart device phone to the Oculus Quest and using games to unpack conversations about life, uh, personal, local and global concerns in our lives, uh, emotional well-being, the excitement of uh, adventure and competing with one another, even down to the point of view of emotional well-being. So we would play Mario Karts with them and talk about the life crashes and being on competition with each other and you know, Spider-Man looking at where great power comes, great responsibility and looking at what is our power at work in us, what's our responsibility, not just the context of Christianity, but the, what it means to be a good person in our society, what does it means to stand and help the environment. And so there are games that you can hook information onto, but we need to explore these games. We need to understand them. Um, I remember when, my, um, when uh, the Fortnite came out and it hit all the youth groups and youth leaders and children's workers and parents were panicking about this idea of this new game, what is it? And actually the idea is, is that we need to explore and understand what these, are, what these games are. So going back to those three things, um, narrative, experience and emotion. We need to know uh, the understanding of the narrative that they're hearing. What are they gauging from this game? What are they seeing in terms of their experience? And how does that make them feel? Because if we don't understand those three things, we can't then learn to ask them the question, well, is this healthy for you? Are you feeling uncomfortable about this? And, and what does this mean for you when you hear that? Are you reacting negatively against that? We heard over the, uh, the news that uh, during the lockdown, um, a lot of teenagers were hearing and children were hearing really un unkind things through um, online gaming and a lot of aggressive, a lot of anguish, a lot of um, uh, hurtful comments were coming across. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and actually that made me think, um, are we just saying to our children, hey, go, go and play that, that's fine. You're in my house, so I know you're safe. But actually, they're not safe because we're not hearing the other side of the story. So isolation doesn't help when it comes to game, which is why my son and I, we've worked out a little bit of a kind of C&D time. Uh, so Christopher and Daddy time to try and work out how we can play these games and explore these games. And uh, for instance, Minecraft became a big thing for him. And so we looked at the idea of mindful building, we looked at the idea of connecting up thoughts and ideas and, and, and looking at scripture and maybe even playing around with that together and building stuff together, which then became my playing field for when we ran these in youth groups uh, across the city around lockdown. We then started to host these games for churches. Children's and youth leaders would invite us in as a charity to facilitate this for them online because they didn't know how to use Minecraft or where to start to get it all safe. We made it safe and hosted the environment and they then introduced their young people in. And, and we were working with four churches now regularly, uh, helping them to do Minecraft discipleship, um, which is great. Uh, so I think there is a huge opportunity to understand conversation that can come through these experiences. So I'm hearing you say one, play the games either on your own or with your kids to be able to have those conversations. Is, is that a sit down and show me what Fortnite looks like? Or if you're finding your kids playing things and you really think, I don't know, would you advocate that I play it myself and then have a conversation going, hey, I was playing around with that the other day and I was reflecting on this. Were you mm -hmm. saying to join them in the game? So then to be able to pause and, and introduce those conversations. 
Yeah, so journey narrative is really important. Understanding what it is and why it is they want to be part of that and actually going and exploring that and playing that yourself and then understanding when they say, I want to do Fortnite, I want to play Minecraft, I want to play Call of Duty, I want to play whatever the latest game of interest is. You can actually go, so, so are you okay with the idea of um, fighting zombies? Are you okay with the idea of shooting people? Are you okay with the idea of blowing things up but actually not seeing any gut and blurry blood and everything but you're happy that you're knowing that you're building a, a kind of gun or build, fighting against somebody and if, when you start to understand the context of what they're wanting to play in you can then ask them to self-reflect for themselves so going back to my experience game consulting when i was a kid parents said no there was no conversation in that with my son it's well why do you want to play minecraft at lunchtime why do you want to play Marvel comic uh, game at lunchtime? Well, because they're all playing these characters. I don't know who they are and I don't know what powers they've got. Okay, well then maybe instead of you playing the game, should we watch and investigate or should we research what are the different powers? So at the moment, my son's not playing Marvel comic because he doesn't want to play it, but he will happily sit with me and watch the Marvel comic series on TV, which is the children's Lego version, just to let you know, not the actual main Marvel comic um, videos. Um, and, and so we're trying to, understand the narrative role play of the game so that my son doesn't feel left out yeah. we're also then giving him the chance to decide when he wants to play it and we're giving him the ownership to make those clear boundary lines and that helps for us so understanding the narrative is really important and exploring that with the child helps them to understand that they can make the self-reflection decisions on whether they think it's right or not that's fab. Uh, we're running out of time, but you said the word mindful building, and that intrigued me. So I want to know about this. You're talking about Minecraft and mindful building and, and creating narrative and stories. Is that how do I, as a parent, I have a kid who loves Minecraft. What mm. is mindful building and how do I help him with that? Yeah, so Minecraft is always that you've stepped into their realm. That's their realm. That's where they are. And you're enabling them to build something together, whether that's a project towards something or whether that's a con building that they can then reflect and describe what that is self-reflection on a third person or a third object not themselves is enabling them to talk through their feelings and their emotions so they could build something that articulates an issue that's in their life but they're not saying this is my issue you could go this is what i've built and i think this is a problem for some people in their world or whatever and so you're 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 changing the the camera angle not on themselves but on an object or a context or a thing that then allows them to discuss openly about that without it becoming a threat or an uncomfortable conversation for them to have they might then say i feel this about that but that able to start that conversation off is really helpful so mindful building over lockdown was huge and then we looked at um doing various bible stories and opportunities to discuss that uh, uh, around the stories they were building as well, which gave them the chance to reflect on that story. If if the listeners want to know more, um, what resources are out there? What books should they get? What what things are out there through you? P point us to some ways to take the next steps. Yeah, so I'm actually intentionally following a number of people who are talking about things. Um, so there is uh, Premier Digital Radio are trying to look at the whole kind of hybrid church. And I think they're going to probably, I hope, move into the whole kind of understanding of the youth element in that. Um, also, um, 
uh, faith tech, which is a huge thing, which I've been enjoying listening and hearing how other people are using faith tech uh, and Bible and, and faith and technology across the world. Um, but also I've been, de been deliberately looking in the secular world about conferences online, tech conferences, and sitting at those tables and trying to understand what is out there because it's going to hit our children, young people before it hits our church leadership to then learn out how we can put it into a practice. So that's been really healthy to do that as well. And this is loads of podcasts that are talking about technology right now, particularly coming out of COVID. Um, and, uh, and so uh, if you wanted to see and experience something, check out the new wine stuff as well. Check out the new wine parenting stuff that's going to be into the app as well. And, uh, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, we're always trying about new innovation things, um, you know, looking at, all sorts of things in the future. Uh, so you can follow us on, on Twitter or on uh, Instagram, just type in Missional Generation and that'll be great. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much for uh, all you've said. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going to go do some research now. Uh, thank you for sharing all your wisdom. And a question to start an interesting conversation with your kid this week is this. How do you think gaming or video games, whatever you think your kid will respond best to. How do you think gaming affects your connection with God? Have an interesting conversation. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.